Hey, City Church, it's so good to see you guys again this week. We're going to continue this series that I've entitled Inner Strength because I believe it will give you the inner strength to thrive in life. And as I've said, this series is really based on my study of the scriptures and my experiences from my own life where I have learned how to gain the inner strength to rise above what I call inner issues that sap my strength and harm my relationships. I call these inner issues core issues. And this is how I picture it. It's like on the surface of our lives, there are all of these unhealthy emotions and ways of thinking and behaving that uh, frustrate us, that hurt our relationships, that sap our strength. And we come to God with those surface issues because we want him to help us. We want him to fix us. But what we have seen is if you want to address the surface issues in your life that do sap your strength, that do hurt your relationships and frustrate you, you have to go inside to the deeper levels of your life, to the core issues beneath those surface issues that feed those surface issues. That's what gives you the inner strength to rise above them. And so for the last two weeks, we've studied the core issue of fear and how we can rise above our fears. Today, I wanna introduce another core issue. There's four primary core issues. And the second core issue I call unhealed wounds. Unhealed wounds. Now, unhealed wounds happen when someone hurts us and we experience pain, we experience that uh, wound and it goes unhealed because people are gonna hurt us in life. I mean, it's just expected. Sometimes people hurt us unintentionally. Sometimes people hurt us intentionally. People hurt us with words. People hurt us with actions. People even hurt us with neglect. And when, when people hurt us, it creates within us an inner wound. And that inner wound causes pain. And when people wound us, and this is the point of, of this core issue that we're going to talk about, the key is how we respond when we're wounded. Because if we respond in a healthy way, our wounds can get healed. But if we respond in an unhealthy way, that unhealed wound can create toxic emotions and ways of thinking uh, and, and even behaviors that can wreck our lives. Now, when people wound us, I think the most important principle I want you to hear me say today is you have to do something to get healed from that wound. You have to do something. And let me tell you why I say that, because I think it's so significant. Because we have a saying in our culture, and the saying is this, time will heal all wounds. Time heals all wounds. You ever heard that saying? Do you believe that's true? In my 30 plus years as a pastor, I have not found that that is true. Time does not heal all wounds. In fact, I don't think time heals most inner wounds. There are some wounds that you have to do something about it so that you can get the healing you need. Now, I've, t I've told you guys before that back when I was a pastor in Virginia, one of the things that I liked to do to connect with men in my community was play basketball once an, uh, a week uh, on, on the night in our church's gym. 
Well, anyway, one night I was playing basketball with some guys and I was going after a loose ball and another guy was going for it too. And as I tried to reach for the ball, my leg got pinned against him and my, my knee got bent uh, over sideways. The, 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 my body weight just like carried me over his body, but my leg got pinned against him and it hurt so bad. You know, I, I injured my knee and it was very painful. Anyway, when, you know, when I got home, uh, I just, I tried to shake it off. You know, that's what guys are taught to do. Shake it off, tough it out. Uh, you know, I packed it with ice. I took Advil and stuff. And, and after a few days, the swelling went down. And so I started to walk on it gingerly. And then eventually I started to run on it. But I noticed that every once in a while when I was walking, like even just down the hallway in my work, my, my knee would buckle and like I'd almost fall down. And then sometimes when I was running, my knee would actually give out and I would collapse on the ground, just writhing in pain. Three months after I injured my knee, <laughs> I went to see an orthopedic surgeon and he laid me down on the table and he took my lower leg and he twirled it around and, he, and it was very painful. And he told me, you have a torn ACL, you need surgery. And the first thing out of my mouth was, no way. I've been running on it. And my doctor didn't say a word. He just shook his head. He turned around, got a tape measure out, and he measured both of my legs. And what he found was my injured leg, the left leg, was already two inches smaller in circumference than my right leg. And this is, leg. And this is what he said to me. You're compensating. You have a torn ACL. You need surgery. And in that moment, I realized I had been in complete denial about my pain and about my wound. And I asked my doctor, I said, doc, what would have happened if I would have just kept toughing it out and acting like it didn't hurt and just go on with life? He said, you would have limped forever and you would have lived with pain forever. Now, our bodies do, do heal themselves in some way. Some wounds do heal. Like when you get a cut, your body does heal that. When you have a torn muscle, your body does heal that. And even if you break a bone, if it's set right, your body heals itself. But there are some parts of your body, like a ligament, that does not heal itself. You have to do something about it. You have to get surgery for it. And when people wound you, when people wound me, it creates torn ligaments within our souls. And we have to do something to get healing. Time will not heal them. And so going all the way back into your childhood, we all experience various kinds of wounds and hurtful words and situations. People speak uh, angry words in your life. People speak shaming words in your life. People speak negative words in your life. Maybe a parent, maybe a step-parent, maybe an, a, another authority figure, maybe just other kids, and those create inner wounds. And then we experience painful life situations, uh, may, maybe a broken promises in life. Maybe you went through the divorce of your parents or your own divorce, or maybe uh, the, an affair from your spouse, you know, that you had to experience that. Or maybe you even experienced uh, a coworker who sabotaged your promotion and it created a wound. And then I know some of you have experienced the horrible pain of emotional abuse, physical abuse, and sometimes even sexual abuse. And all of those kinds of wounds, they don't just heal themselves. 
you have to do something to get healing from those kinds of wounds. And this particular inner core issue that we're talking about today, and we'll talk about it next week, is very important to me personally. You know, I've been honest with you guys over the years about my own struggles with anger, and I just wrestled with it and why I was so angry. And after a couple of very ugly and frankly embarrassing situations where my anger just spewed out on other people, I realized I had to do something about my anger. And over time, as I wrestled with the root issues behind my anger, I discovered that most of the uh, underlying issues feeding my anger were unhealed wounds. And this is what I realized as I, as I recognized that unhealed wounds were feeding my angry outbursts. And that is this, hurt people hurt people. I want to say that again. Hurt people hurt people. And if you would have asked me, you know, Brent, do you feel like you have unhealed wounds in you? I would have said, no way. I, I don't feel that. And that's because I was in denial. Just like I was in denial about my torn ACL and the pain it was causing, I was in denial about my inner unhealed wounds. And they were wreaking havoc in my life. And so I'm going to ask you a question. Could you have unhealed wounds within you, causing your, you pain? And maybe like me, you're in denial about it. And could the reason that you're hurting other people, even when you don't want to with your words and your actions, could it be that it's because you have unhealed wounds within you and it's causing you pain and you realize that hurt people hurt people? Well, the good news is, and I want you to know this about City Church, this is a safe community of grace where you can get real about any painful life experiences that you've encountered and you can get honest about the surface issues in your life, no matter what they are, that you want God's help with. And we will come alongside you and we together with you, we will help you get the inner strength to rise above them. Now, today, what I want us to do is to begin our journey of unpacking unhealed wounds by looking at another of the greatest heroes from the Jewish scriptures, King David, and how he wrestled with his unhealed wounds. And so let me set the stage. Uh, David was in line to become the second king of Israel. And as he was waiting, he met the daughter of the first king. Her name was Michael. And they fell madly in love and they got married and their love grew and grew to the point where even Michael risked her own life to help save David when her father, the first king, became insanely jealous and tried to kill him. That's how strong their love was. But over the years, over time, there were little hurts both ways. And years later, it was very clear that something was not right in their relationship. Now, by this point, King David was the king. He was the king of Israel, and he was leading a huge processional into this capital city of Jerusalem, bringing the Ark of the Lord into the city for the first time. And the Ark of the Lord uh, was, uh, contained some very important symbolic uh, elements of the Israelites' history that signified God's presence with them and God's promises to them. And so this was a, a religious celebration. 
And so people were shouting and dancing and playing instruments and, and, and you know, shouting with all their strength. And so King David, as he led this processional, was wearing sort of like a very decorative kind of uh, long underwear that priests wore underneath their priestly garments because this was a religious celebration. And he was wearing just that so he could shout and dance with all of his might. This was one of the greatest days in King David's history. And then the wound happens. 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 16. As the ark of the Lord entered Jerusalem, Michael watched from a window. And when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. When King David returned home to bless his family, Michael came out to meet him and said, how the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, going around half naked and full of the slave girls as any vulgar person would. Dang, Michael, why all the hate? And it's very clear from her words that her words weren't just about this event that she had unhealed wounds in their relationship. And if you read their story, there had been some painful experiences. There was a separation in their relationship. David had married other wives, which you were allowed to do in that day. And so there's probably some jealousy there. Well, anyway, she had unhealed wounds. And out of the pain within her, uh, her own soul, she speaks hurtful words to David. But what I want us to notice here, because remember, hurt people hurt people. And so she just hurt David with words. But what I want us to focus on is how David responds to her hurtful words. This is 2 Samuel 6, 21. David said, I will celebrate before the Lord and I will become even more undignified than this. And I will be humiliated in my own eyes. But by these slave girls you spoke of, I will be honored. And Michael had no children to the day of her death. And it's that last phrase there that tells us how David responds to her hurtful words. I have a, a professor from the seminary I graduated from, and I, I looked up what he said is going on there. And he said in their culture... That last sentence, and Michael had no children to the day of her death, means this. From that point forward, even though she was still David's wife, David was never intimate with Michael ever again. He never showed her love again. Instead, he found some room in his palace, put her away there. He didn't want her, but he didn't want anyone else to have her either. He basically shunned her for the rest of her life. And can I just make something clear here? What David did to hurt Michael is way worse than what Michael did to hurt David. What he did was for life. And that is normally what happens when you retaliate against someone who has hurt you. Normally, you overreact and hurt the person who hurt you worse than that person hurt you. And... It never, really, it never really eases your own pain. I mean, think about it. David, from this point forward, never gets healing from his own inner wounds because he never does the process, the surgery to get healing. 
You see, when you hurt people who hurt you, yes, though you may cause them pain, it, think about it, it doesn't do anything to ease your own pain. In fact, normally when you retaliate, it makes your pain worse. And, and this is so important, it ties you to that person and to the hurt that they did against you until you resolve it. I mean, think about it. Could it be that the reason you keep replaying that hurtful situation or those hurtful words over and over again in your mind is because you're still attached to the hurt and the person who caused it because you've never resolved the issue? When you have unhealed wounds within you and you retaliate or, you, or you're in denial like I was, you don't resolve anything. And then the pain within you because of your unhealed wounds it prompts you to seek to do something to ease your pain. And normally when you seek to ease your pain in an inappropriate way, it makes the situation worse. It makes your relationships worse because hurt people hurt people. Well, because of the rejection that David experienced and then his own uh, response to the, Michael's hurtful words, he hurt her back. He had unhealed wounds within his soul. And he sought to ease his pain, to numb his pain in an inappropriate way. So let me set up what happened here. David, by this point, has three wives, Michael's one of them, and then 10 concubines, which in their day was sort of like a wife with less, less privileges. It's just the way things were in that day. He has amassed a decent amount of wealth, so his finances are, are great. Uh, he has built his grand palace, and so he's, he's living in his dream house, and his approval ratings as a king are through the roof, and so his job is going great. In fact, everything's going great, but all he can feel is the pain of his unhealed wounds, and so to him, it doesn't feel like enough, and then notice what happens. Second Samuel 11, verse 2, one evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of his palace, his dream house, and he saw a woman bathing, and she was very beautiful. And so David sends messengers to find out who is this beautiful woman. He finds out her name is Bathsheba, and she's married to one of David's soldiers, who is a part of a unit that we would call like the special forces unit. In fact, that's why Bathsheba and her husband lived so close to his palace. This was like the inner circle of his soldiers. And David is so smitten with her and he's driven by the pain of his unhealed wounds that he does the unthinkable for a Jewish leader. 2 Samuel eleven four. Then David sends messengers to get Bathsheba. She came to him and slept with him. Then she went back home. She realized that she had conceived and sent word to David saying, I am pregnant. Now that was a big deal because her husband was not there. He was away fighting in David's army in the battlefield. And so David is concerned now. He's, what he's done is going to be discovered. So he tries to cover it up. And so he brings Bathsheba's husband back from the front lines and tries to trick him into sleeping with his wife, even getting him drunk so that he maybe doesn't even think about what he's doing. But it's, it's so 
Unbelievable that her husband is so committed to his fellow soldiers that he refuses to sleep with his wife while his fellow soldiers are in harm's way. And so he won't sleep with her. Well, David just becomes, you know, overwhelmed. He doesn't know what else to do. And so he conspires to have Bathsheba's husband murdered on the battlefield and make it look like an accident. Now, please hear me on this. David is a very religious person. And up to this point, he has had a very close and intimate relationship with God. The Bible calls him a person who is after God's own heart. In fact, he wrote a big portion of the Jewish scriptures. How could he do it? By this point, David has broken three of the Ten Commandments of Moses. Do not covet your neighbor's wife. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. And he's broken all three. How did he go so far? How did he get so far off the path? His unhealed wounds were never addressed in a redemptive way. And it drove him to do what he would have thought would have been unthinkable. Please hear me on this. Hurt people hurt people. As a pastor, I've seen this pattern over and over and over again. If people have unhealed wounds within them, even people who love God and believe in his son Jesus and are following Jesus, if people don't deal with their unhealed wounds, it can end up leading to toxic emotions, toxic ways of thinking, and toxic behavior. I remember years ago when I was pastoring in another church, uh, one of the men in my church asked me to come over and meet with he and his wife. And uh, we sat down, we started talking, I said, how can I help? And he just sort of blurted out that he had been having an affair for a while and he was having a hard time and he wanted me to talk with him and his wife was sitting there while we talked about it. And so uh, as I talked with my friend Ron, he told me that uh, he met this woman a few years earlier in another city. He traveled for a living and he'd been having an affair for that length of time and what I knew about Ron is that he grew up in a Christian home. He was a believer in Jesus, was a follower of Jesus. And so I, I confronted him. I said, well, then stop it. What are you doing? What are you thinking? I thought this was a very obvious, clear moral decision. But I could tell he felt torn. He felt confused himself about why he was, he didn't even know why he was doing what he was doing. Because he really did. He loved his wife. He loved his kids. He loved his life. He, lo he loved his job. And so I began to press, come on, Ron, what is going on? And I, I, I asked him, so when did this start? And when I asked him that, when did it start? He began to weep. And then he blurted out to me, I'm adopted. And he told me that a few years earlier, he went through the pain and the, the time to find his birth mother. He just wanted to know who she was and he just wanted to meet her. And so he told me that he finally went through enough of the records, figured out who his birth mother was, and that he contacted her. And he just said, look, I just wanted to know who you were, and I wanted to meet you. And, and he said that when she found out who he was, she did not want to know him, didn't want to meet him, and wanted nothing to do with him, and slammed the phone down. And he told me that when she did that, it just broke his heart. He said, how could she do that? How could she not want to meet her own son? And how could she just give her own child away? 
And in that moment, Ron sensed and he realized that's when, that's when he began this relationship with this other woman. The pain of the rejection of his own mother, that unhealed wound drove him to do what even he believed was wrong and was against his own morals. Could you have unhealed wounds within you? Could they be leading you to have unhealthy emotions, unhealthy ways of thinking, unhealthy ways of behaving? Please hear me on this. Hurt people hurt people. And as as we go into David's story, I want to return to David's story because I think there's even a deeper issue than the core issue of, of unhealed wounds. And that's what you're going to see in David's story. There's an even deeper issue that, that is at the very core of what is driving King David's behavior and maybe driving yours as well. So after David did what he did, God sent the prophet Nathan to confront David. And this is what Nathan told David. He told David that there was a certain rich person, rich man in his kingdom. And he had many sheep. But he noticed a poor man who had only one sheep. And he took that sheep away and killed that man. Well, when King David found out that that happened in his kingdom, he became incensed by the injustice. And he said, that rich man should be put to death. And then notice what Nathan says next. This is 2 Samuel 12, 7. Then Nathan declared to David, you are that man. And this is what the Lord says. I anointed you king over Israel. I gave your master's house to you, your master's wives into your arms. I gave you all of Israel and all of Judah. And if all of this had been too little, I would have given you even more. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? And here Nathan surfaces the deepest core issue, feeding David's unhealthy and toxic behaviors. And that's a distorted view of God. You see beneath the angry outburst, his anger at Michael, beneath the lust that drove him to Bathsheba, Beneath his unhealed wounds, even beneath the murder, what drove him was a distorted view of God. That's what Nathan's telling him. You see, David, you think that God's not a good God and that he's not a giving God. He had given you so much and he would have given you even more. But you felt like it wasn't enough, right? So you went and took something that you shouldn't have taken and you've made a mess of things. And his distorted view of God is what was ultimately feeding all of the other core issues within David. But the good news is the story doesn't end there. After Nathan confronts David, and after he tells David that there's going to be some unpleasant repercussions because of David's decisions, David finally comes to his senses. Notice what happens. This is 2 Samuel 12, 13. Then David confessed to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, yes, and the Lord has forgiven you. The Lord has forgiven you. And here, Nathan is pointing out an important part of the characteristic of who 
God is by nature. And this part of who God is is so important for those of us who have unhealed wounds. You see, Nathan is reminding David that God is by nature a forgiving God. God is by nature a good God. God is by nature a giving God. But above all, God is by nature a forgiving God. And can you imagine, can you imagine how things could have been different if David had forgiven Michael when she hurt him instead of hurting her back? Can you imagine what would have happened if David would have forgiven Michael the way God forgave David? The story would have ended differently. City Church, please hear me on this. We have to get this. This picture of who God is. If we're going to get the inner strength to rise above our unhealed wounds, we have to get this. That our God is a forgiving God. And the more like God we are, the more we will gain the inner strength to forgive those who have hurt us. Because forgiveness heals. Forgiveness releases us from the pain and the wounds within us. And forgiveness sets us free from the person who hurt us. Forgiveness heals unhealed wounds. I'm going to say that again. Forgiveness heals unhealed wounds. And next week, we're going to look at what Jesus said about the power of forgiveness to heal us. But this week I was praying about how, how I should you know, help you begin the process of finding healing for unhealing wounds. And this is what I felt like the Lord saying to me. And that is for you to begin by forgiving your Michael or your David. And here's what I mean by that. There's probably been people throughout your life who have hurt you in little ways. And it is important to go back and to forgive all of those people who have wronged you in any way, no matter how seemingly small. I think it's that important. But then there are also probably a few people who have hurt you in big ways, like the ways that Michael and David hurt each other. And that's who I want you to start with, at least one of those kind of people. So who is your Michael or your David? Who is someone who has hurt you in a big way. Yes, that person, the one whose face just came in your mind, but then you didn't want to think about that person. That's the person I want to ask you to forgive. And I'm not going to ask you to forgive that person today because you may not be ready for that. And let me just say, that's okay. I'm sort of, you know, surprising you with this today, but I am asking you to take the first step of of getting healing from the wounds that that person, that David or that Michael has caused to you. And the first step that I want you to take is to name the ways that person has hurt you and wronged you. And so this is what I want you to do this week. I want you to set aside some time and think about the ways that person has hurt you and wronged you and write them out, list them out. And if, if this is very painful for you, you may want to have a friend or maybe you have a counselor or a, uh, a spiritual advisor that you want to maybe help uh, go through this exercise with you. But I think it's so significant that you name specifically the way that person has hurt you and wronged you. And then what I want you to do is to pray to God 
that he would give you the inner strength to forgive that person in the same way God has forgiven you. And I promise you, when you get to that place, when you can forgive that person, you will find healing for your unhealed wounds. And you will be able to rise above that past hurt, that past pain with inner strength. Let me pray for you. Lord God, we are so grateful that you are forgiving by nature. And we are so grateful that you forgive us. You choose to forgive us of all of our sins, all of our wrongs, all of the way, ways we have hurt others, all of the ways we have hurt you, all of the ways we've hurt ourselves. We are so grateful that you forgive us. And my prayer, Lord, for every one of us is as we go through this process of naming the ways that our Michaels and our Davids have hurt us, I pray that you would begin to give us the inner strength to forgive them of all of the wrongs, all of the hurts, so that we can rise above them and be healed from our unhealed wounds. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen.